Good evening, good evening, good evening. I know you. Hey, what's up, Chappie? Kev, how you doing, buddy? My boy Kevin Hastings is with us tonight. Excellent. How you doing, buddy? talking baseball, man. Yeah, no, this kind of came impromptu. We've been talking about this for a little while, right? Um, but let's talk about it tonight. Uh, you know, it, it, we've been talking about jumping on together for what? Almost three years now? Yeah, at least a couple for sure. You know, I, I, I one of my nearest and dearest fantasy connections. Um, I, I always love your content. Aloha Fantasy Sports was amazing. Um, you know, I know you're doing great stuff now for Pitchers List, but I love it when similar minds collaborate. And I think we think alike, Kev. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you know, this is totally unscripted. We're, we're going to talk down through this. Um, and, you know, I, I just want to get some takes from the, the great Kevin Hastings, the great Aloha Fantasy Sports on, on baseball life, because, you know, right now, if we're just being honest, this is the best time of year for baseball, right? Because what's happened? The NFL draft is done. Yeah, you still have some NBA and some NHL. But for the next three months, baseball owns the show. Right, right. And it's it's heating up. We got, you know, I, I was just thinking the other day, and it it – it's kind of weird. We, we always think, you know, it, we, we all have recency bias in, in everything, but I don't remember recently in recent years, a more exciting April of baseball. You know, we had Dodgers Padres. We had what Otani is doing. We had Mercedes and Badu. We've had so many great things to get excited about that even casual baseball fans are flocking to their television sets, which we haven't been able to say that in a while. Right, right. And and, and the storylines are just getting greater too, right? I mean, we're not even to the Super 2s and all these great prospects up, coming up. And, and, and we're already, you know, we're looking at people. You, all you have to do is look at the standings. The standings, right. everybody knew at the beginning of the year, right, that the Yankees were a no-brainer in the East that the White Sox were going to run away with the Central and out West it was going to be Houston and everybody else, right? Hasn't happened that way. <laughs> and that's the great thing about this sport. Take the Red Sox, for instance. What a difference a year makes and one rule change, right? One rule right. change. We're talking about the ability – for J.D. Martinez in particular to be able to use a recording device to analyze his at-bats real-time in the sport. What a difference. Yeah, he's, he's the catalyst for that, for that lineup. You know, the, the lineup wasn't horrible last season. It wasn't what we had come, become accustomed to. And J.D. Martinez in particular was – well below what we expect from him right. but with him clicking leading, leading the al and rbis and uh everybody else following along we know their pitching staff has concerns but when you're putting up the runs they're putting up right we could go pitch for him 
Well, and, and you know, I mean, you're at, you said the word right, catalyst, because you look at that. Verdugo, Devers, and Bogarts don't work without JD. They don't right. work. They need that at the end of the lineup, and, and that's exactly what that's exactly what he is. Hunter Renfro heating up last week. You know, absolutely. JD got in his ear. Yeah, you know yeah he got absolutely. His ear and said, hey, try this. And that's the thing. That's a great point. Yeah. Great players bring their teammates up. And, and, and you look at what a guy like Alex Verdugo's done. You look what a guy like Rafael Devers and Xander Bogarts have done. Make no mistake, JD Martinez had a lot to do with that approach to those young players. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So with that said, what do you think about Bobby Dahlbeck? <laughs> you know, I I really want to like Bobby Dahlbeck. Yeah. And I I think he's been he's been okay. But when I when when I dove into his numbers a, a couple of weeks ago, I came away feeling like I was looking at Joey Gallo with less home runs and Joey Gallo with less home runs doesn't work. So until he can bring the strikeout rates down, uh, I, I, he can be exciting, right? He's got eight home runs already. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but he's at a 42% strikeout rate. So yeah. It, it's got to come down. It most certainly will come down a little bit. It needs to come down pretty substantially uh, because this is a guy that you want hitting in the middle of your order, not in the eight or nine right. spot. Right. You know? Yeah. A perfect example of that. Austin Riley. The exactly. difference, the difference in Austin Riley last year and this year is substantial. I looked last night. He was hit 302 last night or something like that. 307. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who everyone said he's never going to hit because he can't lay off the slider. Well, you know, I mean, 24-year-olds who want to approach the game professionally are going to adjust to that stuff, and he's done just that. What a weapon for that offense. And you're exactly right talking, you know, correlation. Austin Riley needs to be in that five hole in that offense. And if you're hitting 300 and hitting, you know, I know the homers haven't come. I'm not worried about that part of it, right? No, not when not when he's getting on base at a 400 clip and driving right. in 16 runs in the process. It doesn't have right. to be via the home run. Right, right. And I think that's the best part of it is when these players start to learn um, that it's not just the long ball. They could be productive without their best stuff distance-wise, right? Um, and, and, you know, I, I really – I've been a big – I think you know, I've been a big Austin Riley fan for three years now, right? Um, but to see him playing his position – <laughs> and finding a place in the lineup where they can stick him, I think that only benefits him for the better. Yeah, the Reds need to take note and get Suarez back at third base. 
No, absolutely right. And, you know, um, I wonder what happens there, right? I mean, because it seems like kind of everybody's playing out of place in Cincinnati. Um, and I, I, I don't think that's good baseball. And they, you know, they kind of that's the home team here in Indianapolis. So I hear a lot of the the oh yeah the talk, right? So you know, they 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 kind of use this correlation that they shift so much these days. That really, the movement doesn't make that big of a difference. But if you look at what they're doing, everyone in that infield is playing out of position. Right? right. Am I am I right? I mean, right. so so you know, except for Votto, Votto's in position. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't. He's out for a few weeks now, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I'll tell you that whole NL Central. So streaky. Yeah, yeah. And and my first thought when I heard about Votto yesterday or the day before, whichever day it was, was what well, do they move Moose to first base and get Suarez back to third? Um and because you know, Suarez first two or three days of the season, he was hitting his bombs, and I don't think he's hit since. Uh it's been crazy. Yeah, and you know, I mean, it's one of those things with those teams where um, there's Jesse Winker is another one. He he is dominant, or he's terrible. (laughs) And when he's dominant, he he looks like a top five bat. But then you don't. There's just. Castellanos is probably the most consistent bat in that lineup, in my opinion. Castellanos, to me, is one of the most consistent bats in Major League Baseball over the last four to five seasons. And that's that's why I think, from from a fantasy perspective, he gets overdrafted year in, year out. We know exactly who he is. Right. And and yeah, when he when he first went to Wrigley, we thought, oh, he's out of Detroit. That's where all he, he had a nice little hot streak when he went yeah. to Wrigley, got out of Detroit. Right. But he has put up the same numbers for four consecutive seasons. And so that is a great thing. We know what he can do. I, I think that, you know, it's been quite some time since I was anticipating anything more coming from Castellanos. Just be happy with what he gives you on, on a daily and yearly basis. He's very consistent. He, he's he's Michael Brantley plus, right? Right. I, I mean, maybe a little less on average, but probably a little more power. And, a little um, more power. Yeah. Not, as, yeah. not as many stolen bases as Brantley had earlier right. in his career, but, right. but Brantley's really been like a you know, a, a, a diamond in the rough for, for the past four or five seasons. Um, and once I think when people start giving up on Castellanos turning into this 40 home run guy, that's right. just not coming in my opinion. Right. And, and then you're exactly right. The, the Michael Brantley seasons, nice batting average, right. um, uh, nice power. Yeah. Just not what people were hoping for. Right. I think th- those those are the seasons we'll continue to get. 
Yeah. But, but I mean, if you're playing in an offense like Cincinnati has right now, the runs and the RBIs will be there. Uh, absolutely. Roll you, up the county it, stat. You know, now if Cincinnati goes and sells off a bunch of their talent, it you know, it could it could change, right? But you'd think if they change whether they sell for talent, Castellanos is probably the first to go. Yeah. And, and well, that's another thing. And you're there. So like you said, you're you're that's the you know, the home the home team where you're located. And it, all this talk all through the offseason, and, and it still happened earlier early in the season that, that they're selling everybody off. Right. No, they didn't. Bauer left as a free agent and they right. traded Iglesias. Right. Nothing else happened. Right. They still have everybody else. And the offense is playing as we thought it should have last season, even yeah. with Suarez being as horrible as he is, which I think all they got to do is move him back to third base. And uh, so the, the offense is there. Um, they have one of the top uh pitching coaching staffs in baseball in my opinion yeah and i don't understand this well the reds are going to sell everybody they traded one guy another guy left as a free agent right um so i think they're going to win the central i, I before wow. the season, that was my prediction i still think it can happen yeah um, that you know four teams can win that division but uh they're the one i i think can come out on top that's an interesting take. I, I, I'll tell you, and, and I, I agree with most of it. Um, the, the, the thing about it for me is, you know, um, you're right. The talk of trading Sonny Gray in the offseason and all this stuff. I, I am interested to see with with the Reds, you know, um, really what, one, how their pitching holds up, right? They're very sink or swim. Their bullpen is in flux. Um, you know, there there seems like there could be some help there, but but the the offense. Look, we're talking about this offense already. It's it's not even warm out yet, right? I, Small Park is one of the funnest games to go to because you go to that stadium and and. It, you're right on the river there. Right. And it's, it's just, you know, it's very much a, um, it's a launching pad, especially when it's warm. And to think about those guys in July and August, there could be some really gaudy numbers put up there. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, What's that? They had today off, I believe. There was a lot of day games, but I think yeah. They had um, I don't have it in front of me, but I yeah, they're going probably. to Cleveland tomorrow. Um, talk about a team overachieving. The Cleveland Indians legitimate. I, I think a team that I don't know if develops is the right word gets the most out of their pitching is probably a better way to put it like Cleveland uh, is always going to be in it uh, especially in a division as much as everybody loved the White Sox coming into the season uh, and as good of an offensive lineup as 
the Minnesota Twins have. A lot of people thought this was the White Sox division for the taking. And, you know, they're they're down two of their best offensive players for a majority of the season, if yeah. not all of them, for at least one of them. Yeah. Really quick. Uh, we don't even have to get into the managerial decisions being made already. That right. We all saw coming. And uh, so this division is, is wide open. And when you have the pitching that Cleveland has, when you have done what you've done getting out of your pitching staff that, that you have in the past, and when Shane Bieber is the leader of that rotation, uh, yes, you're legitimate. Um, of course, we all know that they've needed outfielders for five years. Um, but, you know, Granmel Reyes, and the top four or five of that lineup it is awesome. Yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me if they went and got they're, – they're not going to go Great. trade away anybody. Right. Uh, you know, any of their top prospects. <laughs> uh, but, but it wouldn't surprise me if they went and got an affordable piece. Um. If they're if it's still close here in another couple of months, yeah, uh, that pitching staff's always going to keep them legitimate. Two questions: Ahmad Rosario in the outfield, sink or swim? He does not look comfortable. Yeah, I'm a big Kansas City Royals fan, so I've seen him play for the last four days, and he he looks lost out there, and he looks even more lost at the plate. Yeah, and uh, and Jimenez isn't doing much no. in the lineup either. No, he isn't. They really like him at shortstop. Yeah. So you know, it's it. So far, it doesn't look good for either of those two. Yeah. Um, looks as if they're gonna try at least for a little bit longer to to see if they can play through it. Right. Uh, but you know, a couple of weeks ago. Rosario started to show a glimpse of what he had done yes. in 19. Right. And I thought, oh, here we go. Here we go. And, and then he kind of tailed off for a week. And then I got to watch him play all this week. And he he just looks lost. Um, hopefully, uh, hopefully it can, it's it's probably mental. So hopefully he can he can come up with something. But uh because I'd really like to see what we saw in. 2019 out of him well especially because like i don't know about you but a lot of the leagues i'm in he's been dropped three he's been available like all year long like you said we're talking about got about a guy a couple years back who you know was a a, a legitimate five five two player right on the waiver wire yeah we're we're only the crazy 2020 season away from that exactly um, well and, and that's the other thing so like as a as a savvy, experienced player, you look at that, and while it might look might look like a wart to a lot of the players that you're playing with, you're thinking in the back of your head about that version that you saw, and you're like, "Do I take a chance? Hang on to him for a couple weeks. Hope he gets it, you know." But having grown up in baseball, you know. If you're not comfortable, if you're playing out of position, that affects everything. 
Right. So I'm with you. I don't know if he does get it. And it's a shame in my big money league he's out there. I can't pick him up. I can't. Yeah, I did pick him up in a 15-team NFBC league. And after watching him play this week, depending on how many spots I need, I, I might have to let him go already. Yeah. Uh, watch him the rest of the weekend and, and see how things go. And depending on, you know, my roster situation, but yeah, to, to your point in 15 team NFBC league, just a week and a half ago, he was, he was available on the wire and I didn't spend much to get him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been doing this thing. I actually have been pretty, pretty good at it. So I want to, I want to, this is a novice idea, right? Every week I do this. My, I do this segment, free agents that'll be on your on everybody's radar next week. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. I love doing this. I've called um, Peralta before he jumped out. Talked about um, talked about Austin Riley a couple weeks ago. Talk about. I mean, just it's been really fun to do. But to your point, I, I'm bringing this full circle. <clears throat> How about 23-year-old Josh Naylor? You talk about a left-handed swing, and you talk about needing help in Cleveland in the outfield. This is a competent bat. He's been in the majors for three years already, Kev. And he's never hurt your team. He's just never played full-time. And I think he's at that point now because he's smoking the ball, right? Yeah. Yeah, he had a nice series against the Royals. Um, and it's that's and, and he's kind of at that transition of their lineup, right? Right. You know, they, they have Cesar Hernandez leading off. Right. They got to do something at first base. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm not a Jake Bowers fan. Right. Uh, He's in there now. But then Jose Ramirez, Eddie Rosario, Fran Mill Reyes, Josh Naylor. Come That's in. awesome. Yeah. And then a couple of guys we just talked about, Rosario, Jimenez. Right. Right. Um, unfortunately, uh, they have the injury at catcher now, so it looks like Austin Hedges. And I think they brought Rene Rivera back. I think he he was playing today. Had a, had a nice game. Okay. Uh, uh, but so – yeah, Josh Naylor there, he's barely in that that middle third of the lineup where the where they're still dangerous and, and he's kind of the tail end of that. So uh yeah, it's just first base and and an and outfielder still. Um, yeah. same same situation they've had for quite some time. Yeah. Fortunately, they're they're opposite of the Red Sox though, right? Their pitching keeps them in it, the Red Sox lineup keeps them in it. Well, and I'm just thinking, you know, it's one of those things. I love to do this in my leagues. I love to keep one bench spot. Everyone's on on audition, right? Come in for a week. You're in. You do well this week, I'll keep you. If not, I'll pick up the next thing. So that's just – that's how I work, right? I feel like this is a kid who is one week away from being a hot topic. Yeah, he absolutely could be. And you could get him this week for a dollar. That's my point. 
You get him this week for a dollar. If he has a hot week next week, he's $40, $50, right? Maybe not, but maybe, you know, 20 Oh, that's the way it's been happening. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I go to Yahoo for my reference for 12-team leagues. He's he's 3% rostered. Exactly. So, yeah, right now yeah. you can grab him for, for a couple bucks. And, and I'm talking a couple bucks in $1,000 fab leagues. Right, uh, right. If you don't have zero bids, he's the kind of guy it's kind of hard to spend an entire dollar on in a $100 fab league. Uh, oh, yeah, totally. But if you think the breakout is coming, you're much better off doing that than when he costs seven or eight next week, to your point. so That's that's uh, that's the th- that's the point of all of it, right? Because you get yeah. these bidding wars, especially early on in the year, because everybody's just – bloodthirsty for relievers right they will overspend on relievers all day long so you end up spending your money especially for me anyway on like save hold leagues on all these guys as they start to establish the pecking order in these bullpens and then you're like a month in and like for me i have like in a thousand dollar fab league i have like 427 dollars left which is fine. I'm fine being in that spot. I did it on purpose. But you can't afford to spend 20 bucks every Monday on the on the uh, Austin Rileys of the world, right? You have to get them the week before when they're a dollar or two dollars. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, we have basically. Uh, between $35 and $40 a week. And that's if you never spend more than that. That's if you never go after the the big closer that's going to have the job and he's available or one of the – It gets hurt the next day. that comes up, <laughs> you know. And you, you have to – oh, excuse me. You have to have money at the end of the season. Yeah, because um, you want to be in contention. Right. You, you, you don't have to have a lot. You don't have to have, like – your entire weekly average, if you just divide your fab budget by 26 weeks, but you have to have some, you have to be able to fill holes. If you have injuries late in the year, right? You can't have zeros in your lineup. Right. So you have to have some left and you have to plan. There's going to be a week or two where you are forced due to need to spend more money than you want to. Yep. So to your point, Hey, if you're spending twenty or twenty-five dollars on a player, that's really the only player you can be in on for that week. Exactly. And if you're wanting to make other speculative bids, like the ones we're talking about, yeah, you have to almost be doing all speculative bids and, right. and trying to always be that week, two weeks, and and these days everybody's so smart at this, even oh. three or four weeks ahead these days. Yeah, yeah. Here, here's another name. So, Kev, I know you know I'm, I'm a big Cubs fan. You see, I got my pirate stuff on tonight. Yeah, I, I've I've been all season. I've been wearing Blue Jays, Angels. Uh, I can't remember who uh, Nationals. Um, I, I I put it this way: I'm faithfully married. I've been married now for going on. Nine years, 10 years. This is our 10th year. I'm 46 years old. I've earned the right to say to the Chicago Cubs, we can still be friends. 
and I want to see other people. <laughs> it's tough because here in Indy, it's weird. We're blacked out. I haven't watched one Cubs game oh. tomorrow. To, to date, I have watched exactly one Cubs game. I can't see them. So I, I've been watching a lot of Blue Jays. I've been watching a lot of the Angels. Um, you know, I have players on those teams. Um, but back on point, could you see Matt Duffy being a player you want to pick up this time next week? It's possible. He's one of those guys that – he's one of the guys that I don't necessarily speculate on ahead of time. He's the type of guy that's always there for you when you need him. You know, Josh Harrison, Freddie Galvis, these guys, they're still very low-owned. They're right. playing well. But yeah. they're not gonna hit over twenty home runs. Right. They're not gonna steal double digit bases. Yeah. But when you're in a bind, they are in the lineup every day. They're gonna score runs. They're gonna drive runs in. They're not gonna kill your batting average. And they're just sitting there when you need them. Yeah. Or putting them in in your when you're making your your bids and like if I don't get the guy I want, but I have to have this position filled this week. Right. right? Freddie Galvis is next. Josh Harrison is next. I'm, I'm yep. gonna have somebody that I can Money. put in my lineup. I'm gonna get one of these guys. Yeah, he's he's maybe someone you'll spend five or six bucks on yeah. to make sure you get somebody, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and I agree with it. You know, it's funny. Um so the the Cubs got all cheapskate, right? I mean you look at what they're doing. They're they're shopping all their guys. They're really willing to give them away for pennies on the dollar, um, and it, it's not it's not a good look for them. Um, I, I look at Matt Duffy as a type of player that's Chris Bryant's replacement. When they trade Chris Bryant, Matt Duffy will be their guy. And, and you're absolutely right. I mean, it's. There's a lot of Jay Bell in Matt Duffy. He's never going to be this guy who's going to hit 25, 30 homers. But he's going to carry a decent average. He's 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 going to be gritty. He's going to be grindy. I, I, I just see a, a player who a B-rate team signs long-term. Because they don't want to spend money. Right. Am I wrong? No. Yeah. Not, not at all. You know, he he's going to strike out less than 20% of the time. Uh, for the last couple of seasons, he's got a double-digit walk percentage. Uh, his career is about 7%, but it has increased every single year of his career. And it's up to fourteen over 14% this year. So he's going to get on base. He's going to score runs. He's going to drive some runs in. He's going to hit a handful of home runs and even steal a couple of bases. He's exactly that type of guy that when you need when you need an infielder, he's a guy you can look to to put in your lineup. He's got yeah. a career 283 batting average in almost right. 2,000 at-bats. Yeah. Right? So he's a perfect guy to fill in when you need somebody. 
uh, but not the kind of guy that I take up a bench spot with, right? Absolutely. Because like I was saying, him, Josh Harrison, Freddie Galvis, those types of guys, but they're the first ones I go looking for when I need them. They, they just seem to always be there. So so that that's a great point. I mean, for me, I, it, it's almost like they're trying to backfill their lineup. It, they're trying to do what the Giants are doing poorly. That's how I look at it. They're, they're trying to be financially tight, but they're bringing in the wrong players. Well, they, the they, Giants. They still don't the have a leadoff hitter. The Giants have prospects. Yes. Like the Cubs had, right? These are them for the Cubs. Yes. yes. They, they, they've ran their cycle. Yeah. You know, that they don't have replacements coming. Right. The Giants are the Cubs of seven or eight years ago. Right. The future is bright for the Giants. Yeah. Uh, when when these guys are gone, it's going to be a while for the Cubs. Well, I, I totally agree. And that's why I tell people all the time, um, the Pirates will be a force before the Cubs will. And it's not close. I can see that. The, the Pirates are – two to three years away from being a really good Major League Baseball team. People laugh when I say that. But it's true. Can I rant on the Pirates for a second, Kev? <laughs> Absolutely. That You look at what they've done. You know, uh, I, I was talking to my buddy uh, Durf, <laughs> Fred Cruz, the other night. He's a huge Pirates fan. And, it, you know, you you look at Newman and you look at Frazier. That's the next big trade bait. They need to get those guys playing well. Because this time next year, both O'Neill Cruz and Nick Gonzalez are going to be ready. Not kind of ready, ready, ready. So then you're look you're looking at Cabrian Hayes, O'Neill Cruz, and Nick Gonzalez in your infield. Their pitching staff is probably two years away. The Ben Sherrington's done a masterful job in Pittsburgh, and Kevin. No one's talking what? about it. Nobody's talking about it. Guess who has yeah, the it's... first overall pick in the MLB draft, Kev? Yeah, what, what are they taking? Are they taking lighter or rocker? I don't. I, I mean, it sounds like you know the flavor of the day is um, is rocker or excuse me is lighter, um, but but I would take rocker. I, that's me. Um, I don't think you can go wrong with either one of those guys, right? Uh, they're both amazing. So, 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 where does that pitcher fit in? Do you put them right with um, Quinn Prister and uh, I can't remember the other pitcher's name? One's a lefty, one's a righty. They were two the two highest rated prep pitchers out of the draft, and I think it was eighteen or nineteen. Um, they have both of them, and 
you know, they're they're paired up. They're stepping up the uh, the, the the minor league rankings together. So I, I just think you know probably this time, the end of the year, those guys will be about high A, double A level. <clears throat> do, do they just pair that pitcher up, or do you do, do you think Rocker or Lighter are good enough to just say, "There you go"? I I think it takes a little bit of time, um, but but not a long time, right? Right. Uh, just you know, me being a Royals fan, I'll go to Brady Singer and Chris Bubik, who came up last season. And they, they were part of the, the 2018 draft class when the Royals took five college pitchers in the first round. Uh, and uh, they took their lumps, but they showed a lot of potential and they had some ups and downs, but they look to be like they're going to be uh, fine Good. additions to a major yeah. league pitching staff, right? And yeah. that, that was two years. And People, it kind of opened people's eyes, right? Taking the college pitchers, the the guys that had more mature bodies, yep, had a few more innings on their arms, maybe that built their arms little, up, yep, little little better uh, developmental pitching staffs, um, coaching staffs, and so then you know two years is pretty quickly from draft day to Major League Baseball. So, and Vanderbilt is, is as good as it gets when it comes to that development. It's like a triple A team, right? Oh, they're better than a majority of major league baseball teams. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I've had, I've heard people that know say that. Yeah. That they are better than some major league baseball teams. Right. At their, at, at their process of what they go through and the equipment, even the equipment they have, which just boggles my mind. The analytics. How, how can, how can you have a $2 billion company, which every baseball team is valued at at least $2 billion. How can you have a $2 billion company and there be university baseball teams only allowed 11 scholarships that have better equipment than you have, you know? boggles my mind so i think i think yeah. that's a different discussion for a different day right yeah in a couple of years whichever one of those guys they decide to take uh will probably be knocking on the door yeah I, well I, I think knocking down the door i, I mean it's <laughs> it's it's interesting though because you look at a guy like casey mize who let's be honest struggled right I mean, it's it's amazing um, when you have this elite, elite stuff and it doesn't transpire immediately, the confidence is such a big part of it. Yeah, it's frustrating. And especially these guys that dominate in the minor leagues. Right. And, and they can appear to have two or three or more good pitches. But what we end up realizing is they're really counting on overmatching minor league hitters with one really good pitch. And that doesn't work when they get to the major league level. Wait a second. Can I, can I bring an exception in? Yeah, of course. Show. Hey, <laughs> is that guy amazing? Oh, 
it's it's unbelievable. He's the I, I've been saying since he came up, he's the most fun player in baseball to watch. Uh, I I was pounding pounding tables saying if you live on the East Coast, yeah, and you don't get to watch baseball on Sundays when we typically see the most day games, right. you need to start setting your DVR because you're not seeing right. the most fun player in the world play baseball to watch. It's absolutely amazing. So, so I, I, so many different directions I want to go here. So I want to play that's this. I want to play this. Out. That's why we didn't even do an outline. <laughs> right. Exactly. So I want to play, I want to play this out carefully. First off in my house, the California slash Anaheim slash Los Angeles of Anaheim slash Los Angeles angels are must see TV. Hundred percent. They have the two best players in baseball playing on the same flipping team. Right. They have the best hitter on the planet, and they have the best baseball player on the planet. And both could be really close, if not second, in the other category. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, okay, starting point. <laughs> if you have Shohei Otani on your team, and you can play him a pitcher, or you can play him a hitter. Only one. Where are you playing him? If I have to choose, he's a hitter. I want that value every day. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I have him, Kev. I have I have him in a weekly league, and I'm stuck with him at pitching right now because we we drafted Jorge Soler. And right now, Shohei is only eligible. They're both only eligible at at, at, uh, at utility. Mm-hmm. And I'm not giving away Jorge Soler. <laughs> right, and he's had a slow start, but he has been playing games in right field, so that should that should help you soon. Exactly. Um, I was a, as recently as this off season in the uh, one of the many. I, I think that was on 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 the Shohei Otani should play right field and then come in as the closer. I, I was oh in wow that, I was in that boat. Yeah, I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska, going to the College World Series every single year, and the best college programs in the country. That's when their closer comes in from a position. I watched Houston Street do it for Texas for two seasons at the College World Series. He's walking over from third base and striking three guys out to end the game, right? I, I watched that happen for a couple seasons at the College World Series. I could see someone like Shohei Otani doing that at the major league level. But uh, if, if he can prove he can stay healthy, then – as a baseball fan, I want to watch him to continue doing what he's doing right now. I totally agree. And let me tell you what ticks me off. Flipping Joe Madden's done this to him twice now already. Let him hit when he pitches. Let him flip. Phil Gosselin does not need to be in the damn lineup when Shohei Tani's your pitcher. Ever. Yeah. He's done it a couple of times. I think we might see it a little more. I, and that might have to do... I, I know they play in Southern California, but uh, the weather's going to be warming up. 
and, and that might help that situation a little bit. You know, he doesn't have to be sitting over there with his one sleeve of his jacket on in between innings. It'll, it'll be 90 degrees out, and they'll let him go up to the plate. Yeah, I, I just don't understand. He, he He's your second best bat. And he's probably the second best bat in the league. If we're, I, I he's okay. in the conversation. He's in the conversation. It, I hate ranking guys in order, but if we had to, if we had to name ten guys we'd want to take to the plate in a in a do or die situation, he's in the conversation, right? This is fun. <laughs> is Shohei Otani a first round pick next year? Unfortunately, not the way uh, most leagues and most sites rules are Fair. right now. Now, Fair. some sites are putting feelers out there. Uh, I don't know if you saw it. I, I, I think it was RotoWire that put a tweet out uh, not long ago. If Tony could play as a pitcher and accumulate hitting stats on a site, would you move your league to that site. I don't know if you saw that question. Yeah. It, that would change everything, right? That, that's, that's, I've been wanting to do that for a while now. Because if you think about it, okay, this is fun because this is all organic. Are we going the way of Shohei Otani, where you see more and more of these two-way players? Hunter Green, Mackenzie Gore, Brandon McKay. I think it will still be rare. Uh, right. I, you know, the fact of the matter is, most of these guys will end up not being good enough at one or the other. Exactly. That's that's the thing, you know. That's how it goes. That's how, that's what's happened throughout history, right? That's why this is so much fun. Unique, yeah. He is awesome at both when he's healthy. Um, so, and, and that was the whole trick all along. Three years ago, right, when most, most fantasy baseball sites, he was two separate players. Right. And it was, it was because they – hadn't thought about all of the coding, how they were going to make it work for the site. Exactly. So then when one site said, well, he's one player, but you got to choose whether he's a hitter or a pitcher. Right. Everybody else said, oh, we got to fix ours. Right. So they made, they implemented that as well. Now, if one site comes up with a way and – that you can utilize this is this is a bigger jump because now you're now you're operating with rules of fantasy baseball leagues as well right but if they can somehow make this jump to where on a on a daily basis you accumulate both is and and it's fairly simple as far as rules go right is if he counts as your ut and as one of your nine pitchers Right. And you get the stats for both if you elect to do it that way. Exactly. But as soon as one site does that, the, the others are going to follow suit, just like every other step along the, pressure's the way. pressure's on, right? And then you're talking, yes. Then, yes, you are talking first-round draft pick when that happens. Yes, yes. So, I'm in fan tracks. I'm in a daily league, 
right? A daily change league, pitcher, and it's my league. Actually, I, I tried to recruit you. You said no to me. Yeah, unfortunately. For record. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so so in this league, he can be used either. But on pitching day, you have to choose. Right. You can put him in as a utility, but you can't get his pitching stats. Right. Kevin, in that format, is he a first-round pick? I think he may perform as a first-round pick. But what I realized is you don't have to draft him in the first round, even in that format. So he he's, he's the quality of a first-round pick in that format. But even in that format, you don't have to take him there, right. is what I noticed. Yeah. I drafted him in a uh, daily points – or uh, not points, but daily change league, same format, pitcher or hitter, but change it out daily. And I it was either late third or early fourth round before I, I grabbed him. I right. just wasn't – I wasn't waiting any longer. Yeah. Yeah, and I just missed him in my league. Um, you know, I think it was uh, – I think he got drafted the sixth, and I was getting – I was waiting for him to come back to me. I was like, I got to take show air. And I, I waited around too long, and I didn't get him. If you would so. have known he was going to stay healthy and pitch this well, then right. you'd have right. grabbed him earlier. Exactly. That, that, was, that was the thing. The I, big if, right? I think for this season, we were drafting him mostly as a hitter. Right. Uh, but – He's just phenomenal, and, and he's changing everything. His stuff's amazing. So, so um, we got 10 minutes left. What do you want to talk about, Kev? <laughs> oh, man, I, I just love talking baseball. Yeah, it's great. How about Albert Pujols? Uh, am- amazing, right? What can You know, growing up in a time of steroids, here's a guy that never got – question about and and he's built right he's not he's not a like out of shape guy i think there's been whispers but there was never anything that to come of it yeah when when was the first time you heard the name albert Pujols? oh geez well i mean you know for me think about it being a cubs fan I, i i got to know him pretty quickly um the thing that was always amazing to me is just what a uh, there wasn't any holes in his game when he was in St. Louis. He was one of the best defensive first basemen. His swing was a thing of beauty, and everything that went off his bat was for extra base hits. What an impressive player! And to think about where he's going to go down in the in the history books. In this era, without steroid, I mean, real steroid cloud around him, I, I I think it's the best player since Bonds. Yeah, I believe so. You know, it, it's him and Cabrera, and he's a pretty good, pretty, pretty, pretty good yeah. step above Cabrera, I think. Uh, the reason I asked when you first heard of him is – 2001, first fantasy baseball league I'd ever played in. I think it was our second or third year. It was a points league. 
and there was a St. Louis Cardinal fan in the in the league, and we're sitting there, you know, late rounds, and he's Albert Pujols, and we're who is who? <laughs> is, right? He's drafting this guy none of us had ever heard of. It wasn't like now when we'd all good point. Thank you. All the prospects right. list, right? Prospects were like, yeah. It was the Cardinals fan grabbed him. Yeah. Uh, of course, won the league running away when you get a guy that comes out and produces like that right out of the gate as, as late as he got him in yeah. a points league right. that we played back then. But it's just, I will never for, I have never forgotten him drafting him when eleven other guys in the league had never heard of the guy. Well, and, and that's that's a great point because you you think about what happened when he was in St. Louis. He averaged. 330 with 40 doubles and 40 homers per year. Right. Who does that? I for saw ten, a good for 10 years. For His 10 career years. average is 298, and he hasn't hit 298 in over 10 years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's and that that just speaks volumes to how good he was for a literal decade, Kev. Right. 100 percent I, you know, and, and I'll say this. The Angels never got that version of Albert Pujols. They got a couple good years. But they still got a pretty good version of Albert Pujols. They still got a serviceable player. Now, these last couple years haven't been the best, right? But he's produced everywhere he's been every year he's been up he's hit and you know a lot of respect for the guy again i look at him in an elite tier in the same tier as i look at a guy like barry bonds um first ballot hall of famer i think oh uh, easy do you think I, I, I think for sure someone will sign him for the rest of this season. At, at least give it a try because it's going to cost literally nothing. Uh, the Angels will be picking up the contract. But do you think he plays next season to try to get to the 700 home runs? He's 33 away. He's not going to make it this year. I would hope so. And, 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 you know, I think it's a great point. I say this every time something like this happens, though. I'm sure you've probably heard me say it before. If you're a team like the Pittsburgh Pirates, it's a win-win situation. Like you say, you're paying them literally nothing. It automatically adds credibility with the fan base, puts seats in seats at the stadium, and it's people will start paying attention to what we're building in the background. That I say we, what they're <laughs> building in the back. Yeah, I'm a I'm a Pittsburgh guy. You know, actually, I'm a flipping Mountaineer. You know that, right? Right. We right. we didn't even talk about the Mountaineer that threw the new hitter. <laughs> um, but but you know, for him going to a place like can you imagine Pujols playing in Pittsburgh? Um. No. More so if it was American <laughs> League. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I'd watch. 
I, I mean, yeah. you and I, we watch all kinds of baseball right. that, that baseball fans don't watch. But I, I think it would get people to tune in. It would get people in Pittsburgh to the games while they're rebuilding. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, so you think about it. Um, I, it, it. It gives good publicity. It gives that. We're really trying here that ex- extending the olive branch. I, I don't know where else it would be needed more than a place like Pittsburgh. I'm saying it probably won't sign. But you need to invigorate a fan base. I think Albert Pools does that. Especially if you're talking about chasing a home run record, you know, 700 hasn't happened. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's a good sign for whoever does it. Yeah. I, I think, you know, he's not going to play every day, but if he gets, Mm-mm. you know, 350 to 400 at bats, he, yep. he's going to get to within 20 this season. Right. You know, and then next August and September, he can cherry pick. We're going to have a great pick. time. Yeah. We're going to have a great time watching uh, him hopefully approach 700 home runs Yeah, for somebody. Right. It'll be interesting to see who it's for. Um, yep. Probably you know. an American League team. Absolutely. That, uh, that has a designated hitter that cannot hit lefties Yeah, is, is my guess. Nope. I totally agree. Totally agree. Well, buddy, this hour has flown by so fast. Yeah, dude. Um, we we waited for, like I said, three years to do this. Um, let's do this soon. Yeah, absolutely, man. Cool. Um, enjoyed it. Chaps Fantasy Chat Thursday nights at eight. Come back in uh, at ten o'clock tonight. We're gonna be talking some NFL draft. Not me and Kevin. Me and uh, Randall. But uh, Kev, you want to pub your shows or? Yeah, man. Just real quick. Uh doing some things over at pitcher list pitcherlist.com uh on the wire is uh our weekly fab podcast that i do with adam howe and uh we usually not always but we usually have a guest on each week and then i have a weekly fab article on pitcher list comes out each sunday afternoon just in time for sunday night fab awesome kevin hastings always doing great things um Great, one of the great fantasy minds in this industry. Thanks for coming on, brother. I appreciate the hour. Um, guys, I'll talk to you guys in an hour. And uh, Kevin, thanks again for coming. Well, oh, thanks for having me. Love it. We'll do it again soon. All right, brother. Take care, man. Later.